What you have to recruit, and David Shaw sells it really well, right? You, you know, you're going to come to Stanford, and we're going to make you successful on the football field, but also there's yeah. that Stanford education where we're going to put you in the right place to succeed right. in life. And, yeah. and uh, he yeah. plays that really well. In fact, he's uh, coming over to jump yeah. on with us I right mean, now. when Coach Shaw Hi, Coach. comes, you have to stand yes, up. You just do. don't sit down, man. <laughs> That's how much respect we have for him as he repeatedly comes in and steals our state's best players. And we talk to him about it every year. <laughs> Coach David Shaw's Stanford with us here on the zone. Coach, thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me back. I'm just looking for one of these days if you guys are going to say, you know what, go talk to somebody else. We don't want to. <laughs> no, what I, I'm really ticked. My wife is a junior high teacher, and she had Fahoko in school, so she taught him at junior high. And I'm, I'm, I'm bugged that he left to go to the NFL because I wanted – McGee, an LDS missionary, throw it to Fajoko, an LDS missionary, and have like 27 touchdowns this next season. But he left to the NFL, and so that was going to be like probably the first time outside of the state of Utah you had Mormon throwing to Mormon, but that's what Stanford's <laughs> program is about, man. Absolutely. Finding great guys wherever they are. And uh, Simi, of course, just one of the all-time greats and this year would have been so great if we got a chance to play 12. I think Simi would have really been a national, uh, national whole hold name. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. Just uh, what, even what he did in, in six games this year was truly special, even without Davis being available. Um, his last game, I think, was just great. Oh, was that him. the UCLA game? UCLA, yeah, two hundred something. Yeah, 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 it was catches. like crazy. They're throwing to him every play. You know, and and for him to walk away from Stanford, um, two 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 records. Uh, I believe if he was able to play 12, he probably would have had about three more records. For sure. Yeah. Um, just a special person. And I texted with him the other day at the beginning of Cowboys camp. I think he's got a chance to be special on that level as well. Um, he's in a great place. The offense is conducive to what he does, which is making big plays explosively down the field. He's got some guys to compete with to get on the field, uh, but we, he's got, we believe he's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, the funny thing, I live in the Brighton area where Fajoko went to school. And so I have a, like a, I, my daughter will be a junior there this year. The kid who played receiver opposite Simi his senior year was a buddy of his, and he got like two balls thrown on him the whole season because they kept throwing a ball every play. Well, I remember watching. I remember watching Simi in high school, and go route after post route yeah. after go yeah, route yeah, yeah, after yeah. post route. I'm like, why don't they back up? <laughs> you should just back up. But it's high school football, and after what, you just don't think the ball's going to go that far. Yeah. Here's this guy who's 6'4", who shouldn't be that fast. The right. guy ran a 4-3, and he just got behind everybody. Yeah. And But the same thing happened in college. I'm like, are they going to keep pressing him? Like, we just <laughs> threw it over their heads twice. Uh, but once again, that's the kind of talent he is, and I'm so excited to watch him play at the next level. Well, Coach, last year was, was weird, but you guys got six games in, went four and two. Is that the, something that can give you momentum going into this year? I believe so because of what we went through and all the difficulties that we had being kicked out of our county twice during the course of the year. Um, our guys are resilient. Um, our guys are excited about starting training camp with the rest of the country instead of a month behind. Um, and we're really good, really good with where we are as a team. And our guys have a lot of confidence. They know that we've been picked in the middle of the pack by most, most prognosticators. Uh, and our guys are motivated by that. So we looked at your quarterback. Uh, who's, uh, who's it going to be, West or McKee? Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bear itself out. I tell the guys, like, we don't make that decision. The film's going to make that decision. We, they finished spring really neck and neck. Um, we tally the completions and incompletions and interceptions, et cetera, and they're neck and neck statistically. They're neck and neck, neck, and neck on the film. Uh, they each have different components of things that they do well. 
Um, so we'll see who gives us the best chance to win, and that'll, that'll be it. But at the same time, I feel great knowing that we have at least two quarterbacks that can run the show. Both guys can run the show. They know what to do. They know how to do it. They know how to lead. Um, so I feel great with, with whichever guy wins the job. Is there an ideal time frame in camp to make that decision? We talked to a lot of coaches who are picking quarterbacks, right? Is there is sooner better than later, or does it matter? I think you have to make it whenever it presents itself as the final decision. <laughs> if it's a week into camp, if it's two weeks into camp, um, no later than the beginning of the week of the, of the last game. Um, you'd like to have it happen before that, but I also know I've done this, been through this at least three times. Um, you can't make the decision before the decision makes itself. So we're just going to watch and learn. If there's ever a separation that happens during camp and it doesn't look like it's going to go back the other way, we'll make the decision and then we'll move on. Typical Stanford offense as far as the pro style because you got three starters coming back on uh, up front. You still have some receivers. I mean, Simi was a, was a critical component, but you got some receivers back. You got two running backs that you can count on. So in my mind, as I realize Stanford's offense, I'm seeing the same thing this next season. Is that accurate? Uh, we have a chance to be pretty balanced. Um, I love our running back position. We've got a couple of young guys coming in, too, that may, may be able to help us. Um, our tight end position, I think, is going to be back to where it was before. Um, which is with, NFL caliber. Which is, I think we've got four guys in that tight end room that could play in the NFL. Um, and a couple of those guys may be household names before that. We've got a guy named Elijah Higgins, who is that tweener, that receiver, tight end combination that the NFL is always looking for. He's six three and a half, two hundred forty pounds, and runs a four four, a high four four, low four five. So um, he'll be able to play that dual role for us. Michael Wilson, who's here, uh, Bryson Tremaine, who's made big catches over the years. We've got some guys in a bunch of different positions. So I love the fact that we'll be, have a balanced attack. We'll be able to run downhill and be physical like we've been in the past. But we'll also be able to spread people out and utilize some good matchups for ourselves as well. We had a chance to talk to uh, Thomas Booker, impressive young man uh, there, a defensive end. But tell us a little bit more uh, about the defense and what do you expect out of that side of the ball? Well, my dad always talks about it, you know, being strong up front. And Thomas is special. Um, as big as he is, he is quick, he's explosive. Had a chance to go to the NFL, really looked at it and says, you know what, I know I can be better. I think I can raise my, my draft stock. And he wants to graduate. So the combination of those two things is why he came back. Um, we think he's going to be a force in this conference. Um, people are going to have to deal with him. I think it's going to make life easier for uh, the rest of our guys. But I think we got two inside linebackers that are truly special, Ricky Miazon and Jacob Mangum Farrar, uh, that have been injured on and off for two years. These two guys look like NFL linebackers, 6'3 and 6'4, 245, walking in the door. Um, both guys are fast and physical. The combination of those three guys, I think, is going to help set the table for our other guys. We've got some really good outside linebackers that are young and coming into their own. Uh, Jordan Fox is coming back off of an injury, missed most of last year. So I feel good about that group. Um, but then also you got to have some guys at the next level, and the, the back behind you. And Caillou Kelly, I think, is going to be one of the best con best in our conference at corner, possibly one of the better uh, in America. So I think we've got a lot of people, a lot of guys on our team that people don't really know about. Mm -hmm. That hopefully by midseason they'll be able to say this is a, a very stout defense. I'm hesitant to draw a whole lot of conclusions based on last year, especially for your program, which everyone was unusual, but you were the unusual of the unusual with the circumstances you had to deal with. And the point I'm making, I think you only, only had two picks last year. Is that much of a concern? Obviously, you want more. Yeah, it, turnovers, uh, they, they, they win football games. And so us pushing for turnovers, I think we had, uh, gosh, a handful of guys injured last year, three starters. 
Uh, we had an opt-out, one of the top corners in America, Paul Sandibu, who will probably be starting for the Saints this year. He opted out. Um, we had a lot of inside linebackers. Two, two guys I mentioned missed most of the year. So we had young guys playing, inexperienced guys playing. And there were times we played extremely well. And then times that we just didn't play well. We are out of position. We were making mistakes. So now I think we've got a more veteran group. We've got older guys. Um, had, had a really good spring. Really pared a lot of things down. Really focused on what our guys can do well. Uh, Coach Anderson's done a great job of, of getting those guys in position right now. I think we're, we're, we're lined up to have one of our best defensive years in a while. So you and Coach Witt, and unless I'm missing anybody, are kind of the elder statesmen, right? The, they've been with your programs for a, for a long, long time. And we talk a lot about why Coach Witt and Utah have been such a successful relationship for such a long time. I guess I'd ask you the same about Stanford. Why have you and that university seemed to be such a good fit for so long? Well, there's, there's a lot of similarities there. There is a, a cultural fit. There's an intellectual fit um, at our place uh, with Kyle at Utah. Um, there's a philosophical approach to life that fits. Um, the guys that I want to coach are Stanford guys, right? I'm a Stanford alum. I fit the place. Uh, so it's not just about somebody coming in and changing the organization. It's fitting within the organization and still being able to get done what you want to get done. So the fact that we've been over 90% graduation rate, the fact that we've been a top 10 nationally, uh, uh, top 10 in wins nationally, uh, top 10 in putting guys in the NFL. Um, we've had a successful run by doing this with the right group of people. Um, so I think that's why we have longevity is because we've had really good people, continuity in our staff. Uh, Stanford's taking care of my staff extremely well. Um, so we're, we're poised, I think, to hopefully be here for another good, strong, long stretch of time. I, I think that's important. You know, Kyle didn't go to the University of Utah, but he coached there for a decade before he got the job. He grew up in the state. He played down in Provo, obviously. So my point is he understood what the what the job in Utah, it's a little bit different place, you know that, and so you need to understand what it's about. How important do you think that is, that in your case, you know, you play there at Stanford and all, that they get somebody who understands what that particular university and the community is about, as opposed to bringing somebody in from the outside? So much right now in my profession is, you know, the hot coordinator, um, the exciting guy that can get a quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards. But what you said is the most important thing. We all say it in recruiting. You have to recruit the guys that fit your program. Yeah. But the head coach has to fit the school. Right. The head coach doesn't come in and change the school. The head coach has to fit the school and understand the parameters academically, socially, what the place is about in order to truly be a part of that university, be part of that process. So when you find those cultural fits – that's where longevity comes from. That's where long-term winning comes from because there is such a marriage between uh, the individual, the typically the most recognizable individual at a university and the university itself. When there's a match there, that's where it should start and that's where success comes from. Last thing for me, Coach, uh, what is uh, what kind of adjustment has been getting used to the new name, image, and likeness rules for your players? I've been so proud of our guys. Um, we haven't had a lot of crazy things happen. Our guys are being very measured. Uh, they're trying to make good decisions. If they're not sure, they're asking our opinion, and we don't tell them what to do, but we help them do some research and say, okay, what, what's the best decision for you? Talk to your family. Uh, make sure you're not signing anything that locks you down individually for a long period of time, um, and, and do things that you enjoy. Do things that you like. Um, so I think our guys have made really smart deals, um, and there will be more to come. 
Um, you've heard a lot of crazy things going on around the country. Um, and I think some of those things will start to fizzle out over time because as people give money to student athletes, it's not usually a good business model. Um, right. You're not getting a lot back. So uh, I think as people are wiser about the decisions that they make and our young people are wise about decisions so that they don't end up hurting themselves in the long term, um, I think this in general has a positive, is going to have a positive effect on our, all of our student athletes experience. So we've talked about how coach Shaw is so positive and so successful in recruiting Utah. And he was talking about a receiver and I got a guy and I'm going to show you a text that I just got during this interview and you can't comment on it because it's a recruitable athlete, but, uh, congratulations there on the bottom. Uh, <laughs> that sounds exciting to me. That sounds exciting. By to the me. way, my wife taught Simi in junior high, but she's now PE teacher at Corner Canyon. Ah, <laughs> ah. We'll just no, leave it at that. No, no comment. No Mrs. Comment. Kinahan is a, a good gal to know. She is. That she sounds is. like yeah, it. That's right. a football factory over yeah. there, as yeah. I'm sure you know. Oh, that's that's great football. The, the whole yeah. state. I we enjoy the state. It's so competitive. There's so, so many good schools, which is why. I know sometimes to your chagrin, we end up in Utah quite a bit. <laughs> Not sometimes, a lot to the chagrin, but what the heck. I always thought that from my perspective in, in the conference, really in the country, and I, and, I, and I went to ASU, so I'm a Pac-12 guy, that there's no way you say no to Stanford. Uh, my wife says the same thing. How in the world do these kids go anyplace else? If oh. you're offering... Now you don't offer everybody. You don't. I don't know re- relative to somebody else how much smaller your pool is that you offer. I assume it's smaller. I, I'll, I'll give you a ballpark figures. Most college football programs offer between 150 and 350 kids. We offer no more than 50. We're no usually, more than 50. We're usually in the 40s um, to get 20 because there there aren't that many out right. there. There right. just aren't that many out there. And I don't know how anybody says no. Honestly. They shouldn't. I mean, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I'm not, I mean, I felt this. I, it doesn't matter. Herm Edwards could be sitting here, and I'd say the same thing. They shouldn't. They should not say no to your guys. They just shouldn't. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, it just has everything that it ha- If you're fortunate enough to be offered, uh, what's, your per- what's your success rate? Uh, because our pool is so small, we bat for a high percentage. We bat for a high percentage because more often than not, the guys that we're looking for, they're looking for us. If they're great students and great athletes, they're coming from a household that has generated that. So usually it is you know, growing up a place where they're talking about Princeton, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, and they become good football players. Oh, wait, you get that education and you get to play, a chance to play Division One college football. So a lot of times we're, we're yeah, going to do Before we let well. you go, could you speak to the value of education? That's Because the world has been turned upside down so much here in these last years and i keep thinking if you want to make a difference if you want lives to matter it's got to be in most cases through education so much of what our parents taught us as kids is what what ends up being true right you are going to be as successful as the least successful person in your group right so who are you surrounding yourself with and the more educated and more intelligent and better decision makers you can surround yourself the more successful you'll be in life and now that's going to happen on college campuses. Surround yourself with, with smart, motivated people. Uh, when you come out of college, being around other smart, motivated people that make great decisions, that's what's best for you. So starting all the way in high school, 
finishing high school, being smart in high school, learning a lot in high school, meeting people in high school, and moving on to college and having that same mentality of teach me things, help me meet people that can help me in life. Like that's that's a big part of being successful right now because you can be successful anywhere now. You don't have to go to a big city, but you still have to be around really good people that are making really good decisions and being around smart people because our world is changing technology-wise on a month-to-month basis. And you have to be able to be around bright people and to be able to adjust and uh, being educated is just the foundation for that. Thank you. Coach, you are always a highlight for us. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Good luck this year. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. David Shaw joining us here at Pac-12 Media Day. Thank you very much, Coach.